Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD to save $10. The following podcast is an exclusive presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Well, hey, everyone, this is Ryan J. Pelton from the Prolific Writer Podcast. And as most of you know, our show is sponsored by Project Entertainment Network. And one of our proud sponsors is Subculture Corsets and Clothing. If you enjoy listening to our show or other shows, please visit their website, subculturecorsets.com. And I have to say the Subculture family is really one of the best groups of people we've ever met. They care about providing a great quality product at an affordable price. Their customer service is out of this world. Subculture family goes above and beyond to make sure you're happy with every purchase. So go to subculturecorsets.com. Be sure to check out their social media pages. They're easy to find. They're a great crew of people. If you go to Subculture Corsets and you're looking for you know, that really cool outfit, uh, shoes, some of your favorite books... If you put in the prolific writer at checkout, you'll get 10% off your first order. And if you're in the Jacksonville, Florida area, you can stop by the store and see all their great stuff that they have. So subculturecorsets.com, proud sponsor of our show today. Now let's get to some intro music. Welcome to the prolific writer podcast, where speeds the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips and advice on writing fast, writing often and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. 
Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your Prolific Writer podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton. So glad that you're here, however you found us on the train, on the plane, on the treadmill, in the car, with the kids, doing the thing, doing the deal. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well in the cracks of life, in the stuff of life, people. We're writers. We're not digging ditches, but we're here to help you, inspire you, give you tips and tricks, and interview some of the most prolific writers on the planet. And so I am so glad that you're here. Today is episode number 63. I can't believe it. Time, where has it gone? And today I have the privilege of interviewing Alexander Grant. And Alexander Grant is across the pond. And today we actually talk about a very important subject when we think about indie writing, indie publishing, uh, writing in general, publishing in general. We, we, we talk about the power of covers. Covers. So you can't judge a book by its cover, but you really do judge a book by its cover. And uh, I've seen some horrible covers out there. Um, I've been prey to horrible covers when I've tried to make them myself or uh, think I know what genre of writing will fit with that cover. And it usually goes badly often. And so uh, Alexander Grant has a great story about how just changing his covers has helped his sales tremendously and helped put him on the map map. And we also talk about his writing journey and uh, how he got into writing. And he had, he's just a fascinating man, an international guy, a traveler has seen so much and he brings a lot of that into his writings. And he gives some really some helpful advice, tips and tricks on how to really think about your covers, where to find covers, how to get them made, uh, what to be thinking about, even getting ideas for your own covers so that you can work with artists and make sure that your cover is everything that it needs to be. And so uh, stay tuned for that interview in just a few moments. A couple updates on me. I'm so excited about this children's book I've been working on with my son. I know I've been talking about it ad nauseum, uh, but it's getting closer. The, the, work, the manuscript, I should say, is out to the editors and uh, proofreaders, and they're looking at it. Um, I'm actually decided also that I'm going to have some illustrations made for the book. Uh, And so this middle grade novel is kind of an Indiana Jones-esque story about this family who are kind of these these adventurers and that uh, they find themselves uh, trying to stop an evil corporation as you do on your family vacations. And, uh, and so I wanted to add some illustrations to the story. I think it would be really, really great for the readers. And the readers are typically kids, um, probably in the nine, age nine-ish uh, to 12, maybe even older. And and one of the things though I'm I'm learning is that you know for kids books I, I just picked up a, a copy of Roald Dahl's the the James and the Giant Peach which was one of my favorite kid books excuse me kids books when I was a a kid and uh, I read it probably when I was eight or nine and and I think maybe I read it one other time but but I just picked it up again and read through it and I just love children's books they're just so wonderfully written they bring you back they they capture that awe and that wonder. Of being a child. And, and the thing is, I realize it just being a grown man with four kids and, and, you know, almost 40 and, and, and all that is, is it, it, it doesn't take anything away. It was such an enjoyable experience. And so I just wanted to kind of get my head space and my mind in a kid's book again. And, and I did some of that even before I wrote the book. And, um, I, I just really have been enjoying writing these kids books and I have another one coming out that I'm finishing up as well. Another one in the series, the Ricky Rayburn Chronicles series. And, uh, and so if you, Hey, you have some kids or grandkids and uh, looking for some books, uh, that fun, fast adventures, uh, kind of throw back a little bit to when, when I was a kid, 
Hardy Boys esque, but kind of with a little more modern flavor. Um, I'll let you know when that's coming out. Should be hopefully out, and uh, this show will be launched in middle of May. So uh, hopefully, uh, end of uh, either end of May or early June, we'll have something for you for available. So I'll keep you apprised on that. Well, hey, enough about me. Thank you again, as I say every week with all your kind comments and emails and questions. Keep sending those. If you have guests that you'd like me to have on the show, please let me know. If you have questions about writing, I, I, I just love the the feedback and the interaction. People asking me questions of how do you you know find time to write and all those kinds of things. And so please, please love to hear from you. Email me, social media, you can find me. But before uh, we do any of that, it's time to get to the interview with Alexander Grant, where we talk about cover. So let's get to it. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today, the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton. And today I am privileged to have Alexander Grant, uh, on the show, a fantasy writer out of Belgium, and uh, he contacted me because he wants to talk to us a little bit about covers. And uh, we all know that covers are essential and vital for the writer and the author, the indie publisher. And I'm um, so glad to have Alexander on the show. So say hello, Alexander. Hello to you and to everybody, and thank you very much for inviting me to participate in your show and speak about writing and covers. Yeah, looking forward, uh, forward are, to it. Are, not, are, are totally irrelated sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of the things I love about uh, this podcast is I get to interview so many interesting people around the world. And you're in uh, Belgium. And uh, I was reading your, your bio, and you've had quite the journey. You've lived in different places. And uh, I thought before we get into covers and kind of your writing journey, why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, how did you come to this place of uh, writing and publishing uh, after traveling the world? Well, uh, I was I studied geology actually uh, because I wanted to be a paleontologist. But um, other things attracted me in life, and uh, one of these things was international relations, uh, political international relations. So I've traveled around the world. Uh, I've been in four continents. The only continent I haven't been is Australia. Uh, and uh, I've seen a lot of things and I met a lot of people and I learned a lot of things. Uh, and already, and you'll see where it comes in, strategically thinking was something that was part of my day, daily life. Mm -hmm. And uh, later on, it's something that I incorporated in my books. Mm -hmm. uh, I came here to Belgium to, to work. I met my wife and I stayed. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Well, great. Uh, you know, I think it's it, it's interesting when people travel and see the world. I think it really does broaden your perspective on people and life and, and all that. And how, how have you, you know, as you've traveled the world, how have you seen um, just through your travels, uh, how's that kind of infused into your books, into your storytelling? Um, how has it helped you? Um, how has it helped you become a better storyteller? Those kinds of things. Well, you know, people usually think one way or the other that they are somehow better than others. Mm. It's very, very common. Uh, it's not necessarily racism, but it's, a, it's an expression of our ego to feel the need to be different. And by different, we mean we are better. Mm. Uh, I wanted to, to give also this dimension in my books. And uh, I think I've managed to, 
to do it by creating uh, in the in the world where I've created. I have put uh, a race of people who are looking completely different than the others and who are completely out of context. Uh, they don't come from this part of the world, and uh, in later books one discovers how come they are here. And these people are uh, excelling in the arts, they are excelling in the martial arts, uh, they are excelling in magic uh, uh, abilities, and they see the others as lower to them. And then I bring the civilizations in, in contact, and they start to understand that it, it's all a matter of point of view and perspective, and that they are good at some things, and the others are very good at some other things. So I saw that all around the world, that people feel the need to, to call themselves different. But we are all the same. I mean, uh, one head, uh, most of us, two hands, two feet. Uh, so uh, I felt the need to, to reflect several of the things that I learned in life through my books. It's not just fantasy. I try to put, as I said, your strategic thinking in the books, uh, cultural differences and approaches. Uh, I even play with shamanism a lot uh, in my stories. No, I, this is a completely different cultural approach. Sorry. No, that's great. I, I you know, I think you, you're privileged to have you know such broad experiences. I, I know when first time I went to Europe, I, I'm in the United States, but you know when I went to Europe, it really opened my eyes to different cultures and just what you think other places are going to be like or what people are going to be like. And, and like you said, you know, we are all kind of cut from the same mold and cloth and we may live in different places and have different, you know, customs and traditions, but, but in the end, you know, we're, we're very much the same. So, uh, no, I, I think that's great. And, um, so let's, uh, let's back up a little bit. Um, so you got into international politics, but just even, you know, if you want to go all the way back, you know, as a kid uh, growing up, you know, when did kind of, uh, books come into your life, writing come into your life? When did you, when did you start thinking, you know, I, I'd love to just tell stories and, and, and make books. I started with Jules Verne. I mean, from a very young age, I started reading, and uh, Jules Verne was my favorite. I've read almost uh, all his books, uh, and it was uh, my wife, for instance. <laughs> I say Jules Verne, she, she can't stand it. Uh, I loved it from, from young age, and I was hiding uh, even uh, in the evening with a, a small... Uh, uh, Maglite and I was reading Jules Verne <laughs> secretly because I was supposed to be in bed. Uh, and uh, the other thing that I was doing was uh, I was playing with toy soldiers. And I could play for hours by telling stories with a loud voice. I was telling what he, my hero was doing, how he was going, what he was facing, and so on. So uh, this was, uh, let's say, my first step into the world of fantasy. Uh, Later on, uh, when I was writing essays in school and high school, uh, my teachers seemed to find them really, really lovely, and they always read them out in the class. Uh, but uh, after that, I, I never cared about writing or anything. Uh, writing stories is uh, something which I'm doing only the last uh, three and a half years. Mm. I published my first book uh, half one year, one and a half year ago. Mm. That's great. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love your story because that's such a common tale is, you know, we, we start telling stories when we're kids, we you know write some stories in high school and then we, you know, go get real jobs 
and then we forget about writing and creating and then we you know get a little older and go hey I, I still enjoy this or this is still in there I still want to tell stories and I just interviewed someone recently with the same story and and uh, kind of came back to it and and I think you know the the blessing of the indie revolution and indie publishing is that we have this freedom now to um, you know write books and create books and and sell them directly to people and we don't have to go through all the the channels we had had to in the past so um, now when you were growing up, was, was your home, a, a reading home, a creative home? Um, you know, when you, when you think of, you know, uh, cr- creativity, things like that, was it, was that something encouraged by your family? Uh, in my family, there were two kinds of people, businessmen, uh, <laughs> who were not very successful in businesses and civil servants. <laughs> my parents were hoping that I would become, uh, since uh, I finished university, that I would become a civil servant. Hmm. Uh, but that was not what I would like at the time. I wanted to get experiences. So I, I traveled a lot. I left home. I went to various places. I did various jobs. Uh, and uh, I ended up in Belgium where... Finally, I became a civil servant in an international organization. <laughs> Hopefully had a little more success than failed businesses. Yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so as you, you know, you, you start writing stories, you you know, you got this, this active imagination, you know, you're, you're hiding under the covers, you're, you're, you know, tell, reading these books and, and, you know, you get a little older, you, you get into, you know, public service. You know, when was kind of the moment when you kind of got back into writing and you kind of had that aha moment? Like, I really think I can do this. I really enjoy this. Was there was there a, a kind of a moment for you where you you thought, "Wow, this is this is better than I than I imagined." Well, it happened by some somehow by accident. I was looking bored during Christmas. I don't really like Christmas. It's it's a vacation I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. So my wife said to me, "Why don't you?" put your ass down and write something. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, that's a good idea. I'll spend some time. And since I play basketball, uh, I I play basketball a lot. I wanted to write something because I feel basketball, uh, especially offense, like some kind of a seed. And I wanted to write a seed story. So I started writing the story of a city under siege. I never imagined that this would turn me into a series of books. Mm. And when I finished the, the, the siege scene I had in mind, I started wondering, and now, who are these people? How did they come to get under siege? Mm. Uh, where do they live? What is their environment? What's their world? Mm-hmm. And then things started to come out of me by themselves. I had no idea that mm. all these things were inside me. I mean, I'm now writing the fourth book in the series. That's right. <laughs> I started with, with just the scene. So, so now you know, as your these books are kind of pouring out of you, uh, what would you describe? You know, the, if if someone's listening and they're they're curious about you know your books and and uh, your stories, what would you say is is kind of a close um, you know book or story or style would you say is is similar to maybe the stories you're telling is there is there anything that's kind of influenced you or you know let's say oh this these stories are kind of like this is there anything out there that you would compare it to definitely i think that the two authors who really influenced me was david gemmel hmm. and uh, raymond e feist uh, these are the two authors that uh, i really really enjoyed reading 
Uh, and I think that they have played a role in me writing fantasy uh, with such ease because I feel at ease in the world of fantasy of such kind of environments, let's say, uh, like the ones they describe. Mm -hmm. uh, these two, I would say, are, are, have played the biggest role. Mm -hmm. I don't read much fantasy, as a matter of fact. I prefer historic fiction. Okay. You know, that's actually common. I, you know, I talked to a lot of different, you know, fantasy, sci-fi, you know, nonfiction. Uh, you know, it's amazing how much you people don't actually don't even read in their own, own genre. I, you know, obviously those stories though, that have influenced you are, you know, they're, they're in there somewhere. Um, and they, they, they've come out of you. Um, you know, when, when you, um, think about fantasy in particular, is there anything that you kind of say, you know, this has to be in the story. Uh, it's got to be, you know, this long. It's It's got to have these certain elements. Is there anything you kind of think of cognitively or I should say consciously, you know, as you're writing that, uh, you know, fantasy writers expect from your books? Uh, what I insist in this series is that magic should have a logic. What, what I mean by that is that the reader should understand why this kind of magic exists and how it's happening. That's good. I might create later a, a, a book or a series where magic would be completely lufoque, crazy, I don't know. But in this series, I feel the need to have a reason for every kind of magic, and there are several kinds of magic, why they exist and how they, they came to be. Now, do you have any thoughts on, I, I know this comes up a lot for those that are listening that are writers and, uh, you know, thinking about fantasy. Uh, when you think of like the length of the book, I know fantasy books tend to be on the longer end. Um, do you think about that as you're, you know, putting your books together or is that really not uh, an issue? No, no, I, I don't sacrifice anything uh, when I write the story. I don't care how long it's going to be and usually... My books are quite long. Um, as long as you respect the, the reader. Mm -hmm. I don't put situations, stories, and so on just to fill pages. Mm -hmm. uh, I prefer to be ascetic in, 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 in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, no, I, I, I write as much as, as I feel that is necessary to write. So, so as you're, you know, beginning this journey a couple of years ago, uh, how did you begin? I mean, did you, did you outline out the story? Did you, you know, have any process? Um, how's that, how did that, how did you begin with those first stories and then kind of how has your process evolved? I mean, are you outlining out all the stories? Do you have characters? I mean, what, what does it look like for you? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, the first book I tell you, I started with this scene and then I started looking for, for these people to where they came from, who they are, and uh, how did they end up there. Hmm. And then it started to to appear in my head, and practically the various characters have, as we've said before, the things, as, as characteristics, the things that I want to put out through my experience and through my, my ideas. The main character is a general who is a master of strategy mm -hmm. uh, and who thinks out of the box uh, in order to uh, solve uh, different situations. Uh, my second book, uh, since the general and uh, his wife had gone through hell, uh, the first book, I decided to send them on a cruise. <laughs> and that was the idea. 
I mean, I, I didn't know what was going to happen there. Mm-hmm. So I started riding the two of them on a sloop <laughs> going on a cruise. And it became the connection between book one and book three. And out of there came ideas which will continue in the next books of the series. So, no, I don't I don't know what... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the third book, uh, I just had an idea at the closing of book two. And it, 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 the whole book was based on the idea uh, at the end of uh, book two. So, no, I don't plan. Okay. That's great. It comes out of okay. me. Yeah. No, I think it's good. I think it's good for for uh, writers to hear that because there's so many people that you know think well you can you know the only way to write is to outline and and there's so many people that don't outline and and you know trust their you know intuition and trust you know just stories just kind of come out of them and that's okay and you can still write a great book doing that so that's no, great. Uh, so um, you know you've had some success. You've uh, you know started this a couple years ago. You, you're doing pretty well. You're selling some you know selling some books. We'll, we'll get into covers in just a moment here. Um, but but tell us a little bit. You know what what are um, you know, maybe some failures or things you did that maybe didn't work as well as you thought they, they would. And, you know, kind of what you've learned from that as a writer, as a, as a publisher in the last couple of years. Well, when, when I started, I had no idea about anything. I had no idea about indie publishing. Uh, I didn't know about all these helpful groups that exist in the internet. Uh, I didn't know print on demand. Uh, I just had the idea that I wanted to see and hold my books in my hands printed. <laughs> that was all. Right. Uh, I never thought that people would want to read my books. So I found a British company uh, through the internet, which was uh, uh, taking care of uh, publishing your book through uh, lulu.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sent them the texts and then I saw my books uh, in the in Am- on Amazon uh, paperback and uh, uh, ebook. Uh, as for the covers, uh, I will tell you now. We can discuss later. I just went into uh, stock images. I chose two images mm-hmm. and I gave it to them to have the covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I really started knowing nothing, mm-hmm. and it's just I, I was also. Uh, kind of swindled in the beginning because uh, somebody, some company offered me services to help me uh, get my books become known and uh, it was really uh, it was a crook mm. yeah there's a lot of that out there that's uh, unfortunate but yeah yeah. Yes. Uh, but uh, it was a process which I have adored from the beginning until now mm. I learned a lot of things things and it was fun I have enjoyed every step and I have enjoyed every, every mistake mm. I, I didn't go into publishing for the money so uh, I can afford to to have fun with it mm-hmm. well, I, I, and I, I don't care if I if I make money or not I mean. mm-hmm. Well, I love your perspective. I think that's it's really important. I think as new authors and, and writers, we have a lot of aspiring writers too that, that listen to the show and you know, there is a element that I think a lot of writers think, you know, this is all drudgery and pain, but, you know, as a friend of mine always says, we're not digging ditches and there's, there's great joy in, in writing and creating and publishing. And I, I really love hearing your perspective because, because it is, I mean, you know, there's a lot worse things we could be doing and making up things in our heads and, and sharing it with the world is pretty, pretty fun. Um, 
And so let, let's talk a little bit. Let's go do, dig a little bit further into your cover story. So, um, so you, you don't know what you're doing. Like most of us start out, you know, we have no clue. Um, you know, we throw up a really bad cover stock images. Uh, when was the moment when you thought, you know, I need to change these covers and then kind of what was the, the process? So how did you kind of, you know, go from the, the really bad one to the good one? And what, what was kind of the genesis of that? Yeah, I started joining, first of all, the authors groups in Facebook and also uh, various podcasts and so on. And uh, seeing that, first of all, lots of authors had and I looked in Pinterest for covers and I saw really beautiful covers, uh, which were saying this book is that genre. Uh, and they were attracting me, I mean, even from, from the picture that was outside. And then also I saw that lots of people explained that the cover is the first step to win uh, the reader, which was something I hadn't thought and I didn't know about. Uh, so uh, this summer, last summer, I decided to change everything and I had uh, spotted uh, a company which is making very beautiful covers, uh, really impressive. I had an idea, so I contacted them and I suggested that we make a common style of covers uh, for all my books. I practically gave them most of the designs and the idea. They were capable of really understanding my concept. And uh, now my three books have a unified style, which I must say, I cannot believe how successful it is. Yeah, no, you have uh, from the, the old books. I must have <laughs> something like fifty books in one and a half year. Mm. Uh, I mean, paperbacks. Uh, it's as much I sell mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, now I sell much more. Yeah, your your uh, your covers are beautiful. Um, go check. I'll put them in the show notes. But Alexander Grant and uh, look his name up, and you'll see. I'll put the link on there. But yeah, the, the covers are really great. And there, um, you know, one of the things I think is important. Those of us that are writing series of books is to make sure they're kind of branded together you know, common kind of fonts, common style, you know, they don't have to look exactly the like, but you know, similar. So people, when they see your book, they go, Hey, that's Alexander Grant. And you know, Oh, he has that, that one series. And, um, yeah, really whoever did the design, uh, was, was really good. So, um, so, so, you know, you sounds like you have a little bit of a, you know, at least ideas or design background, or, you know, you kind of came with a concept, but, um, you know, what, what are some things that you would say to our listening audience are important when you think about cover, um, you know, for their books, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or whatever they're, they're creating? Uh, I think that for me, the way I understood it is that you have to send a clear message about the genre of the book. Hmm. Uh, my previous covers, they could be dark fantasy. They could be about assassins. Uh, anybody could imagine uh, now, the covers are reflecting that what you're seeing is epic fantasy with a strong uh, military uh, background, let's say, backstory. Uh, or the, the second book, which is taking place in the sea, uh, you can see the cutlass and you can see the boats and you can understand that it's, there's going to be pirates in there. Mm -hmm. uh, you, 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 you really have to help the reader understand what he's going to buy and what the book is about. That's one element. The second element is that everything should be clear. 
don't make things confused, don't make them complicated. Have have the lines clear. Don't make uh, fuzzy covers. Mm-hmm. And the third thing, invest money to get a good cover. Mm-hmm. It's important. Uh, it, it has already, uh, I've already gotten the money back mm-hmm. from the paperbacks I've sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 my first book has won several competitions of covers. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're really a big push. So, so for someone um, listening, where, you know, when they are looking for someone to do their covers, where, where would you recommend them, them going or, um, you know, and then maybe even how much, you know, money should they be putting aside or budgeting for, for covers? Um, I know maybe it's different in, um, in Belgium versus us, but, um, you know, just kind of as I just don't want people to get ripped off or, or, you know, cause there are a lot of, obviously you've gone through that a lot of, you know, scammers out there, um, but you know when they when they come to a designer, what what should they be asking and thinking? I mean, if if let's say they have no creative ability, and then um, you know what what's a fair price for a a decent cover? I searched a bit. I saw some wonderful covers of an author. I wrote to her and she sent me the address of her designer. I asked him how much he would charge for a cover, and it was something between $900 and $1,250. I said, good Lord, (laughs) good covers cost that much. (laughs) My covers costed, I ordered four covers, because I've already ordered the cover for my fourth book, because the designers are very uh, busy. Uh, They costed around uh, $250, maybe less, each. Okay. Uh, it's worth doing research. Mm-hmm. It's worth spending time to find a nice designer who specializes preferably in some kinds of fiction or non-fiction. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does everything. Mm-hmm. That's what I discovered by my research. I could be wrong, but... Uh, mm-hmm. no, that's, a good, that's a good point because I think you know, you're a fantasy writer. Fantasy covers tend to be a little more busy. And, uh, you know, different, yeah. different genres, you know, f- fiction, I mean, not fiction, uh, crime, you know, some of those are just kind of, you know, guy with a gun or, uh, you know, some kind of scene on the front. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's a really good insight, especially like sci-fi, uh, you know, kids books, d- different genres really do dictate, you know, if a, if a designer's capable or not. And, and I think a lot of designers are pretty clear what they like to do or what they're good at. You can always see samples. Um, but you know, 250 bucks a cover is a very good deal. And, uh, no matter where you live and I, I know, and I don't know if they give you a discount, but I know sometimes when you have a series, they will, you know, give you a little bit of discount. Um, if you do multiple books, they did, they so, did give me a discount Yeah, with similar style. Yep. Cause a lot of times they're not changing a ton of things. So, you know, it's, sometimes it's just title and maybe color, or, you know, not a whole lot, but, uh, no, yeah, I think that's really good, and and I think you know those listening, you know, we you you have to put aside the money for a decent cover, um, unless you're the you know abnormal person that's really good at design. But uh, you know, that, I think it's really important because that's the first thing that people see. And just like Alexander, you know, who's not a known author and getting to be known, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have to <laughs> push the you know buy button somehow, and those covers have to draw them in, you know. And obviously, you want to write a good book, uh, but uh, yeah, that covers covers uh important so so when you when you kind of look at the numbers i mean how how 
how much were you selling, you know, with the new covers? I mean, was it, was it right away? Was it a few weeks, a few months? I mean, tell us, talk us through that. It uh, started immediately uh, because I changed the covers when I published the third book and I had the, the three covers practically revealed uh, at the same time. Uh, and I moved my books to create space. Uh, this was a win-win situation because I'm making much more money. In the previous uh, thing, I was making 30 cents a book. And I tell you, I sold 50 books in one and a half year. Mm-hmm. Uh, already at the first month, I started selling uh, quite some paperbacks. Uh, by now, I've gotten the money that I spent for the covers uh, back. Uh, suffice to say that during the whole month of March, my second book, uh, the Lion Prophecy was a bestseller in its category in Amazon UK. I mean, <laughs> for somebody with three books who started one and a half year ago, mm. I think it's it's already big. Mm. Uh, I, uh, I'm celebrating. Uh, and I, I'm sure that I owe all this to the covers and where the people, People go and buy my first book, and then they start buying the others. So, yeah. So, what what was your 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 process or strategy as far as you know changing the cover uh, and then getting the word out? I mean, are, did you just change it and just kind of throw it back up there, or were you promoting it? Were you marketing it? Were you telling your email list about it? Um, what, what did that look like? I didn't do much because I started doing. Almost at the same time, I started Amazon ads. I put my foot inside that water, and I saw that people were clicking and they were buying. I was just advertising my first book, which has the cover, which won the competitions, and which is, let's say, giving clearly uh, the message of, of the book. Uh, and apparently, it became it was attractive because uh, I was the clicks were becoming sales. Uh, and now that uh, Amazon ads are open in the UK, oh brother, really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm selling I'm selling every day a lot of books. Uh, for me it's a shock. Okay, I'm new and every every mm-hmm. every little step is mm-hmm. something to celebrate. I suppose in a few years things will be <laughs> banal, but uh, right now <laughs> Uh, these things I'm, I'm celebrating them. Well, that's great. No, I, I mean, so good to hear about your success. And I, I think that's a, a, you know, something for our audience to hear, you know, if you're a writer and you're, you know, just starting out that, you know, there are some common principles that, uh, you know, you obviously need to write a good story, uh, but, you know, having good covers and uh, it is so vital uh, to get your name out there. And, and, you know, once they start taking off and, get into the Amazon ecosystem and other places, you know, it, it can kind of snowball from there. And so, um, so thank you for, for sharing all that, uh, as far as success. And, and, um, are there any like websites that you recommend, um, places people could look as far as finding covers and, uh, designers, or is it, is, is it kind of best to do what you did and maybe just find covers you like? Listen, there are several Facebook groups, which are special for covers. Okay. Uh, and my advice is when you see a beautiful cover in Facebook or in, on Amazon, mm-hmm. just contact the author and ask him who made his cover. That's what I did. I contacted authors and I asked them, who made your cover? Mm-hmm. 
That's good. And it's very simple if it's not written in the book, but if you don't have want to buy the book, you just contact the author. Practically everybody has a website, and you ask him who made his cover, her cover, lady. It's it's as simple as that, and you you collect uh, uh, addresses of uh, designers. Great. Great, that's a great idea. Yeah, I, and again, I think what's so nice about the indie landscape is is that authors are available, and you know, you probably can't get a hold of Stephen King if you like like his cover, but um, but you know, we're we're accessible, and you know, email addresses, websites, they're all there. So, yeah. So if there's you know, and and going back to what you said, Alexander, about genre, that's so important. Is go and study you know, the genre that you're in, the books you're writing, go study Amazon, look at the bestsellers, look at the covers and kind of get a feel for, you know, what's selling, what, what looks like, what go, you know, look at your favorite books on bestseller lists and, and any list really, and say, Hey, this is what, what kind of the genre looks like and, uh, and get a feel for it. So you kind of know, uh, when you go to have your own, uh, books designed. Um, so Alexander, so having some great success, uh, you got another book. It sounds like in the, in the works, uh, tell us kind of what, what else you got going on? What, what projects are in the works you got? I, I think you said a fourth book in the series and then what else you got going on? Uh, there are some things in my mind, but I don't want to, to say anything for the moment. I want to continue with the series, at least uh, write the fourth book, which will be, let's say the, the, the book, which will, uh, kind of close the series uh, because it's going to be an epic class between two empires and uh, uh, there are lots of things that are going to happen and there are lots of things for those who are following the series that are going to be revealed. Uh, and I want to focus on that for the moment and I don't want to distract myself with other plans. I have something epic science fiction in mind, but uh, I don't want to, to, to go further into that. Okay. Um, so yeah, go check out the King's Lion's Tales, uh, the series. And, uh, and also, um, before we go, Alexander, I always ask this question is what, um, you know, if you could give the listening audience, the aspiring writer, the, the current writer, the wannabe writer, everyone in between, what would be some just advice you would, you would send off, uh, with our audience? I don't know if I'm the right person to advise anybody, <laughs> but, uh, enjoy it. Live every moment of it. I saw today uh, a picture. <coughs> sorry, outside the cemetery, somebody had put a poster saying, "We had some works which we left in the middle. We too were busy." So, whatever you do, if you are going to go into this world of writing, publishing or not, enjoy every moment. Uh, my hero always says that uh, he has a very good friend uh, who follows every soldier very, very closely, death. And uh, you never know when. Hmm. So really, it's, it's, it's not something to, to stress about. It's something to really enjoy every moment hmm. of the trip. Hmm. You're learning things. You're getting in touch with people. You're getting in touch with readers. I mean, I have readers in all the continents, and they are sending me things. If you go to my Facebook page, sometimes I'm putting the gifts and the cards that people are sending me from places in Australia and America and so on. I'm contacting people all over the world who are writing to me. So this is precious. Hmm. 
this is this is fun. That's great. No, that's great advice, Alexander. I think you know having fun, um, enjoying every moment of it. I think you know writers can be so the opposite sometimes and forget what the, I know the bigger picture. So yeah, thank you for that. So and then as we close, work it. Where's the best place for people to find you and your books? Oh, I suppose Amazon. That's only that's the place uh, you can find me. You have a yeah. I know you have a Facebook page and website and all that too. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Yes, I have uh, Facebook. I have Twitter, which I don't never tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm in Pinterest. I have no idea how to use this thing. (laughs) Uh, So the two main things are uh, Facebook, which now, thanks to the changes that they've done, is practically nobody can discover you. Right and uh, follow you and uh, Amazon okay. and then you can go to my webpage but uh, really uh, and of course they can write to me I mean people are writing to me all the time and we, we are discussing well great uh, fantasy gives this opportunity well yeah go check out Alexander Grant's books Amazon Facebook his website we'll put that in the show notes uh, so thankful to have you on today Alexander and your insights on the covers was so helpful and I know you're going to help a lot of people with this conversation. They're going to be inspired by your story and all your success. And so thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. And I hope it's useful to aspiring or already existing authors. Thank you very much. It definitely will be. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Prolific writer nation, Alexander Grant. Thank you, Alexander, again, for coming on the show. Such helpful wisdom on covers. So, you know, maybe it's it's an opportunity for you to, to kind of go back, look at your covers, ask a couple questions. You know, are these covers really fit into the genre in which I'm trying to write? Uh, does it attract people? Is it good looking? Uh, is it, you know, if somebody were to walk by your digital bookshelf, would they say that is an awesome cover? I'm curious what's on the inside now. This is not an excuse for writing a crappy story. You need to write good books. You need to write good stories but a good cover does help. So thank you, Alexander and go check out Alexander's work as well. I will put that all in the show notes and, uh, and go get those, those awesome covers made. If you have any questions about covers, uh, please email me as well. You can reach me at Ryan at the prolific writer.net. And I have some friends too, that help me with covers and have some good insight into that. And we can point you in the right direction as well and, uh, and help you out any way that we can. So please send the feedback. Hey, if you get a chance before we sign off, could you, could you go, if you enjoyed the show and you've been enjoying the show, maybe this is the first time, maybe it's your hundredth time listening to the show. Could you go leave a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher or Google play or wherever you listen to the show? It really helps us get uh, our shows out into the world and help more writers get more words on the page. And that's really our goal. So if you'd be so kind to do that and thank you for everyone that has left a review and a, and a rating, it, it is such a huge blessing to do this. And so I'm thankful to do that. And uh, hey, this is Ryan J. Pelton signing off, the prolific writer. And I just have one thing to tell you is go get those words on the page. Go do it now. Let's go. Come on. It's time. Talk to you real, real soon. Every person's story has something to teach us. How others view life, how obstacles are overcome, how joy is felt how fears are faced, how love is expressed. The Matters of Faith podcast explores individual stories of people's lives and how faith plays a part. It may not be your story, but it may help shape yours. 
Matters of Faith podcast with Jay Wilburn is on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up, and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD, to save $10.